the book of St. Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 20. And when you have that, say, I'm expecting my miracle. Some of you may still be looking for that. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 20. Let me tell you a little bit about the writer. First of all, Luke was a man of God. Luke was not actually one of the disciples or apostles who walked specifically with Jesus when he was here. He came shortly thereafter. Luke was a doctor. Is there a doctor in the house? He was a physician, but also he was a historian. And so therefore, it was his heart's desire to record history accurately. He wanted to get it right. God knows who to choose to write his story. God knows who to choose to tell the story. I think it's significant, all the medical people here in the room will understand this, I think it was significant that he would choose a doctor because doctors have to be specific. They can't afford to miss the mark. They can't afford to misdiagnose. They have to be right on it. They have to get it right the first time. And so Luke here records the birthing, not of Christ here, but the birthing of John the Baptist, which was the forerunner of Jesus. You see, no one gets to, see this, this is going to throw somebody's theology away, and I, I'm preaching already. No one great gets to present themselves. That's heady. That's selfish. That's pompous. Jesus did not get to even introduce himself. Whew. But when the time was fulfilled and God would introduce him as his son to the world the second time because he let, you know, Mary and Joseph know that this is going to happen. But on that second time, he used John the Baptist, the one we're going to talk about today, to look out and say, Jesus, the son of the, this is Jesus, the son of the living God. He introduced him. And then God backed up his word. And the Bible says, the Holy Ghost showed up. Lit over it. And God spoke from heaven. Said, this is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. Receive ye him. Hallelujah. So you don't get to introduce yourself as great. Somebody else got to see it in you. Don't worry about who it's going to be. God will appoint that one. They're not going to trip you up. They're not going to lie on you. Hallelujah. But God will always use somebody to let somebody know who you are. Jesus. That's going to bless somebody. Luke chapter 1 verse 5 there was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia his wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth 
my goodness, there's so much to preach right in that. And they were both, watch out now, we're going to get their character, watch this, let's see who God will use. And they were both righteous before God, walking in some of, a few, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. My God. And they had no child. Now when God, when, when the word addresses a problem, you know a miracle is about to show up. Hallelujah. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. They were old. And it came to pass that while he executed, he, Zacharias, while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. My goodness, it's all about the incense. We got to see what these incense are all about. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias. For thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Mm. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. Come on, listen to this prophecy. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Where be shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. Watch out, Zacharias. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the word of the Lord is blessed. You may have your seats. It is important 
that every child of God, every believer, understand that God is in control. Regardless of how crazy things may appear to be, you've got to remember that God is in control. Can you repeat that? God is in control. We can capture this in a, a word and say that God is sovereign. In other words, God has the last say so. He's able to change anything that's out of order. Even if he has to put you back in the hands of the potter. Cut some things off, wean some things off, shave some things off, break some things off, melt some things off. He's able to fulfill his will. He is sovereign. Never do you have to fear that the devil is going to take over and change the plan of God. It's impossible. Because God is in control yes, he is. and he is sovereign. Yes. Sister Lawyer, have I made my case? Look at somebody say, God has the last say so. Now, 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 this is most important for you all to remember. This does not mean that Satan isn't busy trying to divert and pervert the plan of God for our lives. He is busy. He's always trying to throw in what they call monkey wrenches. I was watching a movie tonight, uh, excuse me, last night or, or night before. I, I looked at it a little bit twice because I liked it. Uh, White House Down or something like that. Some of y'all, some of y'all may have seen that. What's that? What's that guy from Los Angeles name that played it? The black guy. He sings Jamie, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the president. And um, he, he, he threw a grenade at the bad guy and it landed at the feet of the bad guy and the bad guy kicked it back over to him and he saw it coming and he ran out the way and my point is that God is able to protect you even from your foolishness. Uh, even when you do things thinking you know what you're doing, God is able. Any military person, let me see the hands of all my military people. I mean, not Air Force, they're real. <laughs> 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 Air Force folk don't throw grenades. <laughs> they drive them to you, they bring them to you, leave you, and then go, all right. <laughs> but anybody that knows Tell <laughs> Tony know I love him. Praise God. Anybody knows that when you when you pull the plug from a grenade to throw it, you don't just pull it and depending on how close and what your mission is, you don't just pull it and throw it. You might want to wait one second, not three, because it explodes in three seconds. Amen. So you might you pull it. And you pause, depending on the distance. Now, y'all excuse me. I happen to have made expert grenade thrower in the Army. I really did. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. I really did. 
and, and then and then you you throw it so that they don't have time to throw it back at you. But what the enemy meant for evil, God turned that thing around because he was able to cover the president and get him out of there in time. This proves the sovereignty of God even as it relates because some of y'all have done some right things but the devil threw it back at you but you're still here. God covered you. It's going to make sense after a while. So the point that I'm trying to make is we all go through, I told y'all earlier that even with miracles, uh, you got to focus on God's word and know that it's going to happen because wherever you are, somewhere near you, somewhere around you, there's trouble somewhere and the enemy is up to no good, but he can't touch you. He can't destroy you. Amen. Are y'all still with me? And, 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 and so God is sovereign and he's going to protect his will being done. And there's a particular scripture that you've got to commit, not just to memory, but to the actions of your heart. Uh, there are too many people that can recite scripture, but there are not enough people living the scripture that they can recite. Mm -hmm. For Isaiah 54 and 17 says this, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And it doesn't end there. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou, you, shall condemn. And then there's a promise that God will let us know that you got it like this. He says, he says, he says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now a lot of times we, we, we don't emphasize that second portion of that because. But you've got to understand that it's your heritage to walk in the power of the word of God. Your heritage. In other words, it's been handing down to you this right to cast out devils. It's your right to lay hands on the sick that they make. It's your heritage. Jesus shed his blood so that you can have this right. And so we ought to operate in our rights. <sighs> Too often we don't have the level of success because we don't walk in our rights. We let people trample over our rights. We let people get away with things that they should never have even gotten that close to get away with. Because we don't exercise our right or the word of God or the power that's in the word of God. Uh, We're we going to deal with that a little bit later. I am convinced that God wants us to go beyond the normalcy or normality, both our words, of our lives. Because we come to a point that we begin to simply do things because it's what we've done. We do things because it's what we heard or what we saw without walking in the power that exists in what we do. It becomes normal or routine. Sister Rishma, you looking like you really interested. It's going to bless you real good. For far too long, we have existed in a routine, uh, in a routine or 
more um, predictable behavior that has kept us in a holding pattern that prevents us from landing on the level of success and even spiritual victory that God absolutely has for us because we're stuck in a pattern of normalcy or normality. We do what we do because it's what we do. Hmm. Still with me? We go through the motions and the emotions of holy rituals and even saying the right things. We know the scriptures and we quote the scripture without really applying the power of the word to our work ethics. Key phrase, our work ethics. In other words, the way we do things, the way we operate, we've done it for this way so long that we don't even believe that it's going to do what it says it's going to do. We just do it because it's what we're accustomed to do. It's unfortunate. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but it's unfortunate that after a while, some of us come to church not because we want to see God. Not because we expect more, but because it's what we do. It's, it has become normal. It has become routine. And so the word of God doesn't really affect our spiritual work ethic. Because when you have spiritual work ethics that say, if I call on the name of the Lord, he's going to show up. And therefore, I'm going to act like he's there, even if I can't see him. If I call on the name of the Lord, he's going to do what he said he's going to do, even if he doesn't do it right now. But too many of us, I'm talking to somebody, have become too familiar with the norm that we put our lives on uh, autopilot. Let me, let, me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I, I'm not saying that I'm this way, but I'm going, I'm going to use an example. I was taught as a child that you don't put a morsel of food in your mouth until you thank the Lord for it. And so one can get in trouble that what should be heartfelt and is true becomes the mundane, becomes just the routine of what you do. You're in a rush, you're in a hurry, or you're sleepy, and your food is before you. And you say, Lord, we thank you for this food for which we're about to eat. Bless it now, in Jesus' name, for the nourishing of my body. You didn't think about what you said. And so there's no power in your prayer because you're doing it as a ritual. Not realizing that truly if there are contaminants in your food, especially if you've eaten some of the food, 
y'all don't know. Y'all go. You, you know what? You're people of faith. Y'all, not godly faith. You just, because it's the norm. You go into, into restaurants and, and you just trust that everything they put on your plate is good and it's going to be a blessing to you. you. You haven't prayed one prayer. You better get pray that arsenic out of your food. You better pray that curse prayer that they prayed in the back out of your food. Y'all, you see, y'all don't. But it's become a routine. Y'all looking at me funny. You do the same thing at night. Our Father, which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You don't even know what you said. It's a routine that before I pray, I got to fall on my knees and say my prayer. And you get up and you don't even remember that you said your prayer. It has become normality with no power. Whew. I'm trying to get somebody to think. Don't y'all try and put me out of my own church now. Don't, don't shout me down. You still with me? I want to talk to you this morning from a subject called exceeding normality going beyond what's normal uh, let me say it this way because we want to bust up this this normal thing uh, we can call it also shattering normality destroying busting ourselves we got to get out of this normal situation it doesn't mean that you got to stop doing what you're doing but you have to do it with purpose you have to do it with understanding you have to do it with faith whatever you do that's not a faith the bible says that it is sin you pray over food you don't even believe that god's gonna take the calories out You don't even believe what you're praying. Lord, I'm praying for this ham. And Lord, don't let it give me high blood pressure. You don't even believe in yourself. You just want to taste it. <sighs> All right, let me get back over here because you never know when the rocks might start, you know, coming in. Can you just repeat that for me, if you don't mind? Exceeding normality. Exceeding normality. Or shattering or breaking normality that's what God wants us to get out of that that problem of just going through the ritualistic aspects of what we've been taught to do or simply doing it because it's what we've been taught but not understanding the power of it it hasn't affected our spiritual work ethic I pray y'all get to me because what you believe what you read uh, what you hear God say to you must affect your work ethics See, when you believe in doing the right thing, you won't get to work on time. When you believe in doing the right thing, you're going to do your best job every day at the job. That's proper and good work ethics. Amen. Maybe some of us need to look at our work ethics. It is important to notice here, as we talk about normalcy, <laughs> wait a minute, before I go, Look at somebody this morning and tell them, I'll never be normal again. Now you got somebody on the other side too. And if not beside you, behind you or in front of you, tap on their shoulder. Tell them, tell them, I'll never be normal again. Never be normal again. Hmm. Normal. 
<laughs> Look at somebody say, are you normal? <laughs> now, say to God, it's important to note that the word normal in of itself is not a bad or negative word, but it can be. Yes. And that's what I'm talking about now. I'm talking about the negative aspects of normality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Normal literally means conforming to a standard, a particular way of doing things. Day in and day out, it's normal. So that's really what it means to be normal. It means a level of quality or achievement. It's brought you to this place. But God, God wants us to be continually moving and flowing. You've got to be flowing in the Lord, praise God. God never has you stay in one place too long. Now, I'm not talking necessarily a physical address, but spiritually we are to grow. Amen? We are to grow in our lives. That doesn't happen by normal. You've got to do something extraordinary. So, if your standard is below what God has for you, your actions will not please him and you will end up missing the mark. Normal says, this is the way I've done it, this is the way I'm doing it, and this is the way I'm always going to do it. But what happens when God says, now turn? What happens when God says, now go in? And, 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 and you become comfortable where you are. But now God says, now leave out. See, because God doesn't give you instructions to please you, but to please himself. We have to, as people of God, we cannot afford to be comfortable too long. Because any level of success, every greater level of success requires you, demands that you, you will become uncomfortable. Because we're always comfortable where we are. Even the place called trouble, sometimes we can become comfortable in nasty. Well, let me make this real. You living in a place that you've been living for a while, the neighborhood is getting bad, but you keep on holding on because you say, God gave me this house. And you don't want to leave and you keep telling yourself it's going to change. But you cannot deny that the prophet said, God said better, God said better, God said better. You cannot deny that God says, I'm sending a miracle to your house and you're going to leave that and you're going to enter into this place. But you are comfortable. And so you choose because your normality is to be and stay where you are and keep doing the same rituals and routines. But now God comes to disturb your peace. I'm talking to somebody because I know this is how God operates. And, and, and just, just for the record, just for, no, hold on. Just for the record, there's some of you even physically where you're living now, that place that you're living. God says it's time to get out of that mess. Amen. And that God has something better. But I like this. My kids grew up here. I, I, I'm happy here. I know where my stuff is. Well, God wants to give you some new stuff so you can get rid of that mess. Because what you call a stuff is really a mess. Yeah, I'm getting all in your beeswax. I had this dress for 20 years. Yeah, but baby, did you see the moth bites on it? <clears throat> but yeah, it still fits me. <laughs> 
The people of God cannot afford to stay and live in a place called comfort because success will always discomfort you. Amen. You need a degree, you got to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Study that word. You want this, you want that. You got to get uncomfortable. You got to walk my faith. Well, I, I, I know how much I got now. I know to spend this. I, I know what my car payments are. I know what, it, I, I got to have. Every, well, well, we'll see. That's the problem. You know. But God wants you to trust on him. Amen. Somebody's going to get this. I'm keeping, I'm going to continue to talk. Somebody's going to get this. For you to get at the higher level of God, you got to walk out of your comfort zone. I missed something the other day. I missed the word from the Lord the other day. I, I wrote something down. Can I read what I, what I wrote? Because see, I didn't want to miss this. So I, this is me, okay? This ain't your testimony. This is my life. This was me. I was experiencing a moment of normality that I didn't want to change. This is more. Watch this, watch this. Y'all with me? On this past Tuesday, that was my birthday. On this past Tuesday night, my birthday, while in bed, I was listening to the preached word. I was inspired by a thought and thought to write it down. But I convinced myself that I would not get up and that I would remember it in the morning and then write it down. You know where this is going, right? In the morning, of course, I could not remember the treasured and relevant thought. While in my secret place, however, everybody knows where my secret place is, in the shower, all right? That's where God really speaks to me and so forth. While in my secret place, it came to me why I did not write it down. It was not because I was lazy. Let me say that one more time for my cousin Margaret. It was not because I was lazy. Margaret, did you hear me? <laughs> but because I did not want to disturb my level of comfort. Sometimes in life, we miss out on things because we're not willing to become uncomfortable. <sighs> That's my testimony. It really happened. Yeah. And to this day, I can't remember that thought. It was powerful. Oh man, it was. Oh, y'all would have been up shouting and running around the church. It was a good word. Had something to do with the mouth. It doesn't matter. I can't remember it now. Because I chose in my time of visitation, I chose to remain comfortable. Y'all looking at me funny. You're guilty of it also. The Spirit of the Lord is knocking on your door. The door of your heart. And my goodness, you're saying, not now. Not now. I'm having this dream. No, no, I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And you're saying, Lord, hold up a few. Hold. And when you get ready, God is gone. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. I got a rhetorical question for you all today. How many of us pray every morning or before a meal or at, no, at night and that's your norm, but you don't even think about it thereafter. You've asked God for something. You ask because that's what we do. 
You pray because they ask you. It's what we do. And you don't even think about it thereafter. Not only do you not think about it, but you do not inspect or expect to see if God brought it to pass. I have a saying, if you do not inspect, then you should never expect. You need to see if God has performed what he said he was going to do. Ah, oh, Jesus. If you don't inspect, you shouldn't expect. Y'all sending your kids out to play. You just, you just expect that they're going to be safe. They're going to be well. But you don't inspect to see if they're safe. And so before you know it, they're in trouble. Before you know it, they're gone. Before you know it, they're, they're, they're injured. Before you know it, you've got to inspect if you're going to expect. And that goes for yourself. We pray. We believe God. We read his word. We trust God. But do you inspect your life to see if it's living up to the standard where you can expect? Because there is a criteria that you must meet in order for God to fulfill his word in your life. Because God is not going to bless no mess. Let me put it to you very simple. God is not going to bless your mess. Well, God loves me. He understands. Yeah, he does. He understands the real deal. Not what you're trying to present. Ranford, you look like you're really interested in what I'm saying. Is it making sense today? Look at somebody and say, you got to inspect before you expect. And I'm talking to each of you. So my rhetorical question is, when you pray, do you really expect to get an answer? Do you really? Or are you just doing it out of normality? It's what we do. We want something, we simply ask God. But do you believe that he's going to give what he said he was going to give? All right. Let me move on. Let me deal with the text here because everything that I've said thus far is relevant to Zacharias' life and what's going on here. Watch this. Look at the lessons. I love God's word. Look at the lessons today and let's see us. Let's see me. Let's see you in the word of God. Verse 9 says that it was Zach Zacharias' job to burn incense. That's all he had to do. Come in the temple or the house of God. We're going to call the temple today the church. All he had to do was go to the church and burn incense. That's not all he had to do. That's ritualistic. His heart had to be involved in what he was doing. Because incense burning was symbolic of windows when the smoke from the incense went up out of the temple into the heavenlies it was representing see incense represent prayer the smoke represents prayer it was representing that the prayers were going up to the Lord and that he would see them he would hear them and he would answer them whenever the people the Bible says that the people were without meaning they were outside the priest, those who had an inside of God were able to pray. And, and what happened then was the people that were outside, when they were, ooh, that, that smoke, time to pray. 
The Bible says they then would get, begin to pray. And so the people, when they prayed, believed by reference that their prayers were going up to the Lord. This was the assignment of Zacharias. He had a task to perform. Are you still with me, people? It represented the prayers going up. Now, I want you to understand that while Zacharias was performing his priestly duties, God showed up in the form of an angel, if you understand, to let him know your prayer has been answered. Whew, my goodness. There's something else I want you to see. All of this today takes place in the temple. All of this today takes place in the church. Whew. Hold on to that thought for a moment. So Zacharias was performing his priestly duties. The answer to his prayers showed up. He, the man of God, the man of faith, was baffled. What? It, what? what? Who is this? What? What's going on? He was shocked. Why? Because he was stuck in the place called normality. He was going through the motions of coming to church. He was going through the motions of lifting his hands. I'm trying to make this thing real. He was going through the motions of feeling that if he just prayed, God was changing things, but he wasn't expecting it. My God, my God, my God. Mm. And so he was shocked. I got a word for somebody today. God is about to shock somebody in the room. God is about to show up to let you know I have already answered your prayers. My God, hallelujah. Daniel, when he prayed the first time, God answered the prayer, but it was held up for 21 days in the heavenlies, but it didn't change the fact that God had already answered the prayer. My God, you got to break the cycle of normality and understand that your prayer has been answered and that the manifestation of your prayer, the desires of your heart are on the way. My God, God is going to shock you. But you don't have to be shocked. All you got to do is believe God and start acting like it. Look at somebody this morning and tell them, get ready for your miracle. Get ready, get ready, get No, I want you to say that thing till you feel it. This is not a matter of normalcy or what you every day do. Look at somebody and tell them, get ready for your miracle. Hallelujah. You got to say it to, to your feeling. If you have to say it to yourself, tell yourself, my God, I'm expecting a change. I'm expecting a difference. No more business as usual. No more normal. I expect to see my miracle. See, 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 there's something that happens when you really expect. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It doesn't even have to show up yet. You're going to get ready for it. Can I tell y'all something? Excuse me, I know I talk about my airplane that I don't have a lot. I know I talk about it a lot. But, but, but going back a little earlier this year, praise God, my, my, my wife brought home like a beautiful blue box thing that goes in the back of the trunk of a car. 
It's a pretty something. And I said, baby, that's for my airplane. That's, don't, don't do nothing with it. Don't, don't, don't put no mess in it. That's for my airplane. Y'all don't understand. I'm getting ready for my airplane. I, I'm expecting my airplane. You better act like you got it already. My God, somebody need to start picking out some baby clothes because your dream is about to be birthed. Somebody need to start, my God, getting your outfit ready for your marriage because it's about to come. You gotta act like you're expecting. Some of y'all looking for a new job and you believe in God. You gotta have that expectation. Prepare yourself. Get ready. Act like it's on its way. Get grammality. What is, what is that? Grim, grim, grammality. Anybody ever heard of that app? You don't even have to have an English degree now. You, you can just get grim, grimility. Grammarly. You can get grammarly. My goodness, put it on your computer and you can write resumes. Somebody thought you had a doctor degree. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Amen. Dress for the occasion. You don't know how to, you don't know how to dress. You looking like Humpty Dumpty upside down because you don't know how to put colors together. You can't even wear, fix a pocket square. You better go online. It's time to get ready. I'm trying to help somebody today. Get the blueprints for your house, baby. Start looking at cars. Expect. Get out of the norm. I don't know how God's going to do it. I'm just going to wait here and do nothing until till he shows up. It ain't going to happen. You singing that song? Get ready to happen. It ain't. You got to act like it. Y'all husband know goodness well. When you want something from your wife, you change the way you behave. All of a sudden, floors are swept. Bed is made. Where these flowers come from? Baby, I'm sneaking to you. No, you won't. You want something. You got to act like you're expecting God to do something new. Saints of God, I actually put this word to practice. I live this thing. I live this thing. <laughs> and, and again, I don't want to just use what I use all the time, but it's in my spirit. I prepare myself for what is about to happen because I expect it to come. You want your new shop? You want your own hair shop? Get out there and start looking for it. I'm just saying. You want your new job? When I think of Rishima, uh, uh, ex existing in that terrible thing that they call the job, but it paid the bills. Don't believe me, ask Cameron. <laughs> she was sick and tired of that job, but she prepared herself. You know what she did? She went to college, got her master's degree. That's preparing yourself. Why? Because she expected something. And it didn't come then. You know what she did? She prepared herself through the ornament of prayer. Hallelujah. She girded herself, the helmet of salvation. Because when the enemy would come and try and talk to her, tell her, come on now, you know. No, 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 no. The devil, you're a liar. I believe God. Hallelujah. She girded herself in the word of God. And guess what happened? Woo! Already happened. She got the job, she got the position, her dream job. Somebody ought to give God praise. 
but it did not happen with her acting in normality. You gotta break the cycle of normality. What am I talking about? Zachariah, it was normal for him to come into the house of God and perform his job. He was just doing his job, not expecting really anything. He asked the Lord, but now the answer showed up and there was something for him, there was something required of him to do. There was always something required of you in order for God to bless you. All he had to do was believe God. And you say, well, that's easy. Now, have you ever had to believe through some hard times? Yes. Oh, it's easy. Oh, oh, God said it. Oh, I, I believe it. Do you not understand that the enemy is going to come to try and distort, distract, pervert what God said? You've got to be strong in the Lord. Why do you think God told Joshua, be strong and of good courage? That was God speaking to him. He was telling him what was going to be, but he's had to say to him, be strong and of good courage. Key, this word that I gave you, eat it, live it, sleep it. You got to stand on the word of God because you're on the periphery of a miracle. You're on the periphery of a miracle. You're in the threshold about to go through into a miracle. And you can't receive it by acting normal. Is this making any sense? Come on, I need y'all to get with me because I only got a few more minutes. This word is for you. Look at somebody and tell them, this word is for you. This word is for you. <clears throat> While Zacharias was performing his priestly duties, God showed up. Zacharias, you got to understand. Look at somebody and say, I'm qualified <clears throat> for the blessings of God. I want you to see this. Just because you're in the place doing what you think is right, but you're operating in normalcy, normal, normality doesn't mean that you're going to get the blessing. Zacharias and Elizabeth, his wife, were qualified. And so are you. But there was something that was going wrong. Zacharias' expectation wasn't alive. He had prayed this prayer so long that it just became something in the background that he hoped for. You got to keep your desires fresh before God. Don't let your desires die. I don't care how old you are. Don't let your desires die. As long as you're alive, hallelujah, God can still bring it to pass. Somebody needs to get that. Look at somebody and say, don't let your desires die. Don't let them die. Don't let them die. They were qualified to receive the blessings of the Lord. Luke 1 and 6 says this, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and obedience of the Lord, blameless. They did this word. They knew the text. Hallelujah. They were blameless, but flawed. They were righteous, but flawed. They had become humdrum. They had walked. This is what we do. Heart not in it. I'm talking about Zacharias. There was 
no real expectation. You've got to keep the expectation alive. What was that? What was that? Jesse Jackson said, keep hope alive. Because if you don't, it will die. And it will die along with you. Hallelujah. You've got to keep expecting. I believe God. No matter what it looks like. I believe God. Blameless. But flawed. Mm. Righteous. But flawed. Because you slipped into normality. You can't afford to slip into routine. Now I do it because it's what I do. It has to be an issue or a matter of the heart. I'm going to close on this. So how do you respond to an answered prayer? Gabriel shows up from heaven. God sends him to let Zacharias know that God is going to bless you with a son. How do you respond? First of all, isn't it amazing how when the promises of God come, we want to remind God of our troubles? <laughs> that ain't the time to talk about your troubles. He just delivered some good news. Watch this, watch it. Eric, now this has already come to pass. Eric, I'm going to bless you with a daughter. What's your daughter's name? Heavenly. Heavenly. Ooh, with a name like that, you know she had to come. <laughs> and her name shall be Heavenly. Now how would that be if he said, yeah, but Lord, but my wife, she can't, she can, we can't get on the same page. I better not go there. Um, uh, <laughs> I got to fix this one up now, don't I? <clears throat> uh, but Lord, uh, uh, I get tired at night. <laughs> Better not go there either. <laughs> what if he started talking? Well, Lord, I don't have the right house to bring up a child. But Lord, I don't have the money to put a baby through college. I, I want a child and I believe that you're going to bless. But Lord, I can't. I don't know how. I never did this. Before. Lord, I never had a daughter before. Lord, Lord, shut up and listen to God. <laughs> and you see, if you allow yourself to act normal or routine, like according to routine in other areas, it will flow over into your church life. Go into the motion. That's why you really, on your job, you ought to be zealous. Working, doing the best, determined that you're going to produce the best fruit, whatever that job is, because if you do it there, you'll do it in church. If you do it there, you'll do it in school. I'm trying to help somebody. If you do it there, you'll do it in your marriage. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. Amen. Brothers, let me talk to the men. You ain't married yet, so you listen real good, you know? <laughs> you do your best for your wife. Don't let it become just normalcy, a thing that you do. Do it from the heart, because a real woman can sense what a thing is from your heart and just your hand. I thought I'd get a few more amens than that. Real women can spot a fake. He don't really mean it. He just won't. Y'all know I'm preaching real good now. Ought to be folk running up to the altar throwing money up there. <laughs> you can spot that thing. 
Remember, perfect practice makes perfect. You got to do it right in the small thing because it'll spill over in the large things. I told you I was going to close. I'm going to close. Pastor Nas is standing up. You know I got to close now. <laughs> so how... Now you got to get this because see, God's going to test you out. God's going to bless you with some smaller things because he's got something bigger and better coming. So you got to get it right the first time. That's it. You got to get it right the first time. So here we go. My God, hallelujah. My God, when the blessing comes, when the announcement comes, when God settles it in your spirit, you in your bed sleep, all of a sudden the Lord taps on your heart. He taps on your heart and says, I'm going to do, I'm going to jump up, baby. Don't wait because you'll forget it. Jump up and start praising him like there is no tomorrow. Start worshiping. Hold up. Was that over this side? I said, no. did I hear somebody say, did I hear somebody say there's no Bible for that? Did I hear somebody say there's no Bible for that? I said, jump up. (laughs) Oh, she said, jump up. (laughs) Y'all remember the other day when David prayed, mm, he prayed. Where's my organist? Come on. No, no, come on. On the organ. I need. Y'all remember the other day? David, Brown Howard, Brown Howard, Brown. You can walk up this way, you in church, man. You in church. See, normally she says you go in the back and then come out. But you need to do something different, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Watch this, watch this. You got to learn from this. You got to learn from this. Because he almost missed it. And because of that, he was left dumbfounded. He was left unable to speak because he did not give the proper response. I want to tell you today, your miracle is about to happen. Your miracle is on its way. Your change is on its way. My God, my God. But you got to act right. You got to respond right. The other day, David prayed that the Ark of the Covenant would return. Would return. David didn't wait. Hallelujah. But when he caught a glimpse, my God, the Bible says he began to dance. He began to praise God. Why? Because he believed God. My God. He see that his expectation. I don't have it on my hand in my hand right now, but I see it coming. It's on the way. Somebody ought to get excited because you see it. It's on its way. My God, my God. You might not even be able to see it, but God will give you a feeling. I've got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. I feel like the ark is on its way. I feel like the baby is on its way. I feel like the new job is on its way. I feel like the raise is on its way. Thank you, Jesus. Don't wait till the battle is over. You got to shout now. Don't wait till the promise shows up. I believe God and so I'm going to dance now. Somebody ought to get their practice in now because the announcement has come. Gabriel representing the Lord. Your blessing is on its way. Won't you believe God? I wish I had a dancing church. 